Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. It's that time of the week again, the Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. Welcome to the post-origin fifth and last NRL podcast and kicking off with some news. Uh, this is mostly built up from Tuesday's podcast, but also some extra stuff has happened since the origin and up until now. Kicking off with Glenn Buttress re-signing for two years at the Canberra Raiders. He's currently injured, but hoping to be back on the field soon. Uh, the Russell Packer incident, obviously urinating on the field. We've seen the Warriors being fined $15,000 for that incident. They just want to get past that. Corbin Sims, uh, who was touted to maybe go to the Cowboys to join his brothers, has re-signed with the Knights till 2015, so good news for them. Uh, the Tigers are looking at George Rose and Dean Hallitow to boost their forward stocks, and today have signed Martin Tapau on a three-year deal, so making a move in the market are the Tigers. Uh, Falau to the Bulldogs for a reported $750,000 deal is said to be all but done. Nothing confirmed yet, but you'd have to think if that's the case, young Timmy Lafayette coming off contract and Josh Morris next year would both probably be on the way out uh, with that kind of money being thrown at Israel Folau, but we'll have to wait and see what happens in regards to that one. Uh, Monty Beetham, former Warrior, has come out and said this week that the Warriors should welcome Adam Blair if the Tigers were to try and release him. Obviously, we've heard rumours that they're trying to move him on and thinks he could reinvigorate his career if he headed over to Auckland. And speaking of the Warriors, they've signed... Young Sharks halfback Chad Townsend to boost their stocks. I think that's a good signing to help out Sean Johnson. Obviously, they have Harry Seeker and Lulawai. Lulawai, not exactly a great half. Plenty of effort, and Seeker probably not uh, really NRL standard, but uh, on a two-year deal, though, so those two young blokes will be duking it out for a run. Uh, the Parramatta Eels today, uh, not today, sorry, a couple of days ago, have come out and announced a clean-out to their members on top of a couple of signings they've got and juniors coming through. We've announced the likes of Matt Keating, Rennie Matua, Willie Tonga, Ben Smith, and possibly 12 total players with others such as uh, Nathan Smith, Pat O'Hanlon, Matt Eisenhuth, Daniel Harrison, and, and others uh, to be cleaned out of their contracts or and or offered early releases to try and rebuild this club. And on the back of that, Jared Haynes came out today and said the morale is at an all-time low. So you'd hate to think what's going to happen this weekend when they come up against the Sydney Roosters who are in red-hot form and had a couple of players play in that win for the New South Wales Blues. So uh, the clean-out has begun well and truly under Ricky Stewart, and we'll, we'll see what happens from there. Uh, Joel Reithmeyer has re-signed for two years at the North Queensland Cowboys, and by the same token of him re-signing, Matt Bowen has come out and said he's still waiting after Brent Tate obviously got a one-year deal. Both the, the front rowers, Jonathan Thurston, Kane Linnett, and now Reithmeyer, 
Uh, he's just had arthroscopic surgery, so not too sure how far he is off, but we'll have to wait and see what happens as far as a contract is concerned. And the coaching side of things, Neil Henry is under the pump. Uh, it's been said that if he loses this weekend or next, that it's most likely to be the end of his reign with Brad Arthur linked to the job, the former Parramatta assistant, and also Trent Barrett, Mick Potter, and Matt Elliott also under the pump. Uh, I don't think they can really blame Mick Potter with the amount of troops he's missing and Matt Elliott got a win the other week. So both those two are probably less likely, but uh, plenty of pressure going around in the, the stocks of coaching. Shandor Earl is off to France to play rugby union in the low divisions with Pair. And in his replace is Jordan Rapana, who may be coming to Canberra, a former Gold Coast Titan who went on a Mormon mission, looking to make his way back in. Uh, the Newcastle Knights confirmed they're talking to Craig Gow, but nothing has been sewed up, so we'll have to wait and see what happens there. Jamie Sow dropped the New South Wales Cup, and Stanley and Fiend will play in the halves. This may be the end of Jamie Sow as far as his first grade career is done at the Dragons. David Simmons resigns for two years at the Panthers. He's been in good form, but... Uh, Young players like Mansour, Zalesniak, James Robertson, the way I, I can see him being good depth, but not a long-term uh, player still in first grade, but he's doing a hell of a job while he's been up there. Robbie Farrar faces a struggle to be fit for game two with a fractured cheekbone and broken nose. Nate Miles has come out and said he had no problem with what Paul Gallen did, and that's just origin. And Paul Gallen received a one-match ban for his striking charge. So uh, let's fire up for game two and up the blues. Welcome to the fifth and last NRL podcast. Let's get into it. Alrighty, state of origin game one in the bag now. New South Wales winning that one 14 to 6. A very happy New South Wales fan I am today. Likewise, likewise. We went out to the game. Uh, It was a great atmosphere, perfect weather. Uh, Couldn't have asked for a better night. Uh, Blatchy's Blues packed out one end of the field. Uh, the crowd was probably, we made the comment last night, it wasn't as hostile as it usually is in New South Wales. It just seemed a little bit eerie um, at times last night. It, in years gone by, it's been ultra-aggressive, maybe because we've a lot of the time had game two at home, so we're already down 1-0 and it's already yeah, it's fairly angry. But kind of brings that vibe. But yeah, I, I mean, at other times I've been there, though, uh, early on in the, the losses where we had the game threes, and things were pretty much already done. Or we had an opportunity, and it was still almost depressed. But uh, last year, I think you remember, and I remember, I think we brought uh, a couple of friends, my friend Daniel along. That was just violent. Violent, yeah, it hostile. It reminded me much like when we went to Suncorp. Yeah, well, I've been to Suncorp now for two origins, the last two deciders that we've lost. And uh, that was as close to a Suncorp um, atmosphere as I'd felt game two last year. But last night, wasn't a, it wasn't a Suncorp-like uh, atmosphere in terms of the hostility but I think uh, the majority of people there that they were cheering for the Blues they were loud, uh, they got behind the team and I think to all the people that went out there last night, well done um, we all played a, you know, a small role in, in getting them over the line, that's for sure and, uh, Congratulations to the under-16s that's now 7 from 8, they've won the under-16s origin game over Queensland yep. 30 zip bloodbath and I think they got the emotions started off nice and early they had a bit of a stink with about 30 seconds to go, three of the yeah. young blokes, uh, fullback of front row, getting up and after it all, the, the Blues boys were throwing their hands around and waving to the crowd, getting them all G'd up. So, uh, oh, it was good. We good got there early to watch that game. and um, Good to see two Blues well. wins, that's for sure. Definitely. Queensland only scored six points in 140 minutes of footy. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Great times. But uh, well, actually yeah. getting on to the game, uh, a lot expected, obviously. New South Wales favourites probably for the first time in a, in a very long time. 
yeah. seven series. I think we all kind of agree that uh, give and take a few players that we all would have liked to have seen for once this year, you'd have to say it was almost the right side compared to times in the past where there's probably been you know, eight or nine blokes you put in and you go, I'm happy with that. And there's probably six or seven you're sitting there scratching your head going, what the bloody hell did they get picked for? How have we come up with this? Yeah, it was, it was probably the best 16-man uh, team that we could pick. I predicted it on the podcast when we spoke to MG in our preview that Adam Reynolds wouldn't get on the field. Uh, Josh sorry, Reynolds. Josh Reynolds wouldn't get on the field. Uh, and that came to be true. I, I was hoping in a way that Daly had a plan for him, but it, it just didn't seem like um, there was an actual role for, for Josh to play in the team apart from maybe covering for Farah or if one of the halves went down. so um, And Daly in the press conference last night came out and has already said that he's going to retain him for game two. I, I find that really, uh, really strange. Um, so hopefully Daly can, can find him a role, give him some time, so we're actually having someone contribute off the bench. I just I think it's ridiculous to have 16 players. I'm with you at the start, but at the same time, at the end, every time they bring it up, in hindsight, it's easy for us to say that because nothing did Yeah, well, I'm, I'm moved past game one. I'm but looking at game two now. I, you can't pick him if you're not going to play him in game two. I still think it's not a bad idea. I wouldn't mind the extra forward, but no, Daly, Daly last night, and I said it to you, is the first coach in a couple of years, and I know... The players are informed, but he's the first coach out of any of the Origin coaches of the past couple of years to actually use the bench. You know, Fafita got injected yeah. early. Uh, Gallon got a couple of rests, even though I know he hasn't been playing much minutes. But he used his bench. He got Watman out there. He got Merrin out there. He hasn't done what we've done in the past, where you know Grant may have got twenty minutes or Meta may have got fifteen or twenty minutes, and, and Merrin, you know, the last couple of years that he's, he's had his goes, he's only got fifteen or twenty. He utilised that side, and why not? I, I thought our, yeah. bench, our bench was our strength. We had a fantastic advantage there, and I think at the end of the day, that's what got us home. Yeah, then again, in years gone by, I don't think we've had as strong of a bench as what well, we did. That's why I said on form, so, but at the same time, um, don't pick him if you're not going to use him. Well, that, that's exactly what I'm saying. I, I yeah, wouldn't well, have Reynolds picked, is I one player. Um, I would have picked Tarek Sims um, or Aaron Woods. I just thought we got to a point in the game last night with about half an hour to go, and we looked tired. Uh, the Maroons were surging. Uh, and, and we could have just done with another, an extra forward on the bench to really blow the Maroons away because, you know, after 25 minutes, we made the comment that, you know, when Maloney lined up, uh, we were leading 8-0, we'd already kicked a penalty goal, Maloney lined up another one. If the Blues tapped and go, uh, or just tapped the ball and, and, and went in that situation, I think it could quite easily have been 14-0, um, you know, after 25 minutes, and the game's almost over. Um, obviously, a little bit later on in the half Jennings scored that amazing try, but I just felt like we had the foot on their throat, and we've got too much respect for this Queensland side. I, we really had them on the ropes last night for the first 30 minutes. Uh, we let them go, and then you look at the champion side. They are. They get down our end, um, get a penalty right in front, and they're not they're not taking the two points. Um, they've got that killer instinct. I think that's what we've got to employ a little bit. Um, for me, I, I wouldn't retain Josh Reynolds, and, and that's not because I don't like Josh Reynolds. I just don't see where he fits into the to the whole structure of the side, I'd play an extra forward. But that's just me. In regards to that, Larry Daly, as he said, he's retaining that 17 exactly as it is, uh, which I can kind of agree with. You've won, you've done the job. I can understand in hindsight you probably do want in there just in case something happens. But uh, back to the start of things, we got off to a great start. Obviously, we scored after five minutes. Uh, Mitchell Pearce, nice and close to the line, tips it to Luke Lewis, who drops it back on the inside. Jared Hayne crashes over, beats three blokes. Uh, great start because, to be honest, I can't remember a time in recent years where we've even looked likely to score, let alone scoring in the first 10 minutes. That was a you know, a really, really good note to start off with. We had all the momentum 
all the field position. Then we started to make some errors. I mean, you were commenting why we're moving the ball so early in our own half and silly play. And James Tarmo, who had an absolute Barry Crocker, he put a couple down. But yeah. uh, for once, once again, something we're not used to seeing, we withheld the pressure. We withstood. Yeah. There was a, li- it was a little bit of that. Was uh, their uh, poor work? I thought Queensland didn't execute. Uh, they they try to go side to side at ANZ Stadium in that in that slippery conditions. It just doesn't work. Uh, the start of the game, in in terms of field position, we were all over Queensland. We were making so much more yards than them. Uh, you know, we managed to put some pressure on their kickers. They were kicking down our throats. It looked like roles reversed almost uh, to what we've become used to as New South Wales fans. But uh, Queensland just got really shotgunned at the start of the game. They uh, they got blown away, and I just didn't understand why. Sort of after twenty minutes, we then changed tact. Obviously, as, as you said, Tarmel dropped a couple of pills. But we just started to go side to side and, and weren't attacking Queensland up the guts. Um, so there's, there's definitely a lot of areas, I think, that Laurie Daly can, can improve um, for game two. I, I thought we probably played our best footy for 30 minutes last night. And to be fair, Queensland probably only played their best footy for 20 minutes. So it wasn't a uh, traditional, um, you know, classic game one, I, I guess. I think both teams uh, will improve a lot for game two. And, and obviously Queensland up there, they're a... They're a, uh, a different proposition to play up at Suncorp, that's for sure. Yeah, well, after that early try, obviously, as we spoke about, we got that penalty goal. You've got the 8-0 buffer. Uh, we're both disappointed, like we said. They don't take the tap 8-0 up, which kind of gives a negative vibe when you've already got a two-try buffer. Uh, and, you know, circumstance shows he missed that one, which kind of shows about the negative result. Yeah. Late on, we escape. Boyd, uh, great try saver by Josh Morris, takes him out, which could have very well put them straight back in the game. Yeah. And late in the half, you get six again off a Farrah kick and Michael Jennings somehow weaved his way through five blokes to score a try to make it 14-zip before the break. Yeah, I, uh, I'll comment on one thing. The New South Wales defence last night, uh, they only missed 11 tackles. I don't think that was uh, individual brilliance. I think as a structure, as a defensive unit, that is as good um, and as confident and as fast-moving as, as I was ever seen a, a New South Wales defensive line in probably the last four or five years. Um, they were excellent. They, they defended their inside shoulder. They came in. They all made decisions together. They allowed Queensland, they invited Queensland to, to shift the ball wide if they wanted to. Um, whenever Queensland sort of got to an edge, we always had someone there covering. Um, it was it was brilliant. It was great coaching. I mean, all three coaches are going to put their hand up um, and take a pat on the back for that performance last night. It was Really, really impressive. Um, and as you say, we can highlight a few key ones. Josh Morris's one was a, obviously a great tackle on Boyd. Um, game changer. So, yeah, well, Greg Bird had one as well. He yeah. got Thiday nice and close to the line early on. And, and uh, there was one last set. Bird got Thiday again and, and, and forced an error. Jared Hayne, his tackle on Cameron Smith. There's a couple we could highlight, but we'll, we'll yeah. make our way through the game, obviously. But. Yeah, well, I was getting getting to the end of the second half, uh, first half there, obviously, after the Jennings try. Gallon uh, stands up. Throws the dummy right, hits him with a left jab, hits him with a right cross, and uh, proceeds to throw about three on Nate Miles' well, this, head. We could go back. This stemmed from Nate Miles when a bomb went up. Uh, he was accused of leading with his head um, into Jared Hayne, which which sort of uh, not didn't knock Jared Hayne out, but obviously dazed him. Penal- uh, Queensland got a penalty uh, off that for, for someone taking a, uh, the kicker out, a New South Wales player. Uh, the Blues were all complaining at that stage, and that sort of seemed to uh, start a little bit of a um, an ongoing battle between the, the Blues forwards and obviously Nate Miles, and it, it probably came to a head 
uh, in that tackle. There was plenty of intent when Gallon came in and, and swung like swinging like a rusty gate and uh, got him on the chin. And then obviously there were a little bit of afters and um, Gallon decided to put three on his uh, on Nate Miles's massive midget head. Yeah, well, take the bias out of it. We're both Blues fans. You're a Titans fan, so well, yeah, uh, that's the thing. Yeah, Last man. night, I. Uh, you know, when the Titans players are playing for Queensland, I hate their guts. Yeah, like, I, I'm as blue-eyed as, you, as you'll ever find someone. But from a uh, from a neutral standpoint, yeah, well, he's only getting one week, is what I'm trying to say. So yeah, but as long as as long as, as long as when we go up there game two, and Nate Miles puts three on Paul Gallant's chin, that we're not all jumping up and down saying, "Oh, that's BS. He should have been sin bin." Blah blah blah. I think there's been a, a standard set now. Yeah, Mel Meninga's made comments today. Uh, to that effect that, you know, he's going to clarify with Daniel Anderson what is and what is not a, a send-off or, or sin-binning offence in origin, you can expect to see there'll be there'll be a blue at Suncorp, 100%. There'll be a blue. Uh, we'll, we'll get a little bit of ours back. Um, but then again, we've got Game 3 back here in Sydney, so we'll get another chance to, to dish it out. It's just going to be a little bit of that backs to the wall um, when we go to Suncorp. In an NRL game, that he, he at least gets 10 in the bin. Let, let's let's be serious. He, gets, this, this he just, gets more than a week too for standing up and starting to punch holes in somebody. Yeah, I mean, when you look at what Jared Ware Hargreaves got sent off for, and you know, if you line them up and said what was worse, I'd probably say Gallon putting three on Miles' yeah, well, chin was probably worse people, in terms of intent. I'm not defending because I'm a blue, but people were saying, oh, you know, he's pushed him. Yeah, he pushed him. Like you know, stop that. But he didn't have his hands cocked ready for a fight. Gallon's no. just started sinking him on him. So. I'm, like I said, going from a completely neutral standpoint. I don't want to see Gallon uh, suspended. I thought he was really good last night. 20 runs, 187 metres. Yeah, really good after four weeks game, off. But, yeah, at the same time, I'm going back to clubland. If that's in clubland, he's at least getting a couple of weeks. He can't just start throwing punches at a bloke. Yeah. And then bringing up the pass. That's another thing. Uh, all well and good, you know. Plenty of stuff does happen in the ruck. Nate Miles probably d- does dish a bit of grub out, but that's to be expected in a big arena like that. But you can't be bringing up stuff from years gone by saying, oh, he's been getting away with this and that, and I'm just trying to stand up for my guys. Like, well, I think Paul Gallen's been reading from the Book of Waddy. Uh, when, when you stand up and you think a fight's going to be on, he, old Steve Waddell, who's, who's now passed away, obviously, he, uh, old football coach of mine, he said, when you get to the buffet, boys, do you wait for someone else to pick up a plate? No, you don't. You eat first. So Paulie, Paulie Gallen, he took a bit of a uh, leaf out of old Steve Waddell's book and he ate first last night and um, obviously put three on Miles' massive head before uh, he could react. Um, but for me, I just I think that's origin. I think that's why we love the game. I think that's why we all get on the cans and it's a Wednesday night and we all, uh, it's that passion, it's that arena. I think, you know, obviously if it's an NRL game, it's different. Um, and people outside of rugby league are going to jump up and down and say, oh, it's not a great look for the game. Please, everyone inside the game loves that aspect. Uh, you know, obviously for the Queenslanders, seeing one of your blokes get his, you know, head pounded like a pinata isn't the greatest thing. But you know, try losing seven series in a row, guys. Um, you know, we, we've copped our fair fair bit of shellacking. That's a small victory for New South Wales. The series is far from over. Uh, I, I thought it was good in terms of Miles uh, being dirty. I, you know, I watch the Titans games week to week. I notice a difference between how he plays for the Gold Coast and how he plays for Queensland. Yeah, it's like Adam Blair when he puts on a Queen, uh, New Zealand jumper. Yeah. You're in a different arena. It's a different passion. There's a different feel to it. I'm not saying they're not passionate at club. No, I'm not bagging that. Club, club football is a lot more 
I don't, I don't want to say that they're only there for the business side of it, but club football is a lot more business. There's not many guys these days that are linked to a club for 10 years and feel that passion. You know, attachment to a jersey or a club or the people. So they, they do their jobs week in and week out. Yeah. But when you're a rep player, when you wear an Australian jersey, when you wear a New South Wales or a Queensland jersey, you have an attachment to that from blood, you know, from birth. That's a completely different story and it's a rare occasion. Well, I'll use the example today. There was, a, there was an incident uh, where Andrew Fafita actually flopped on Billy Slater and then shouldered him a second time. I would not have had a problem if Billy Slater got up and put two on Fafita's chin. Mm. It would have just been the same thing. You know, I think... Dishing it out. Yeah, yeah. you dish it out, you you give it back. Miles, Miles, is to be expected if you're going to go around twisting blokes' knees. And I made the comment before that fight erupted that he was he was putting his knees in in, in a lot of tackles, Nate Miles, yeah. and giving blokes facials. And Paul Gallon, he's yeah, also Paul Gallon's excellent at giving an elbow and a knee. Don't get me wrong, just facials are floating as long as it around. goes both ways. The referees are obviously a lot more lenient in Origin. Uh, I don't have a massive problem with it. If Nate Miles goes up to Queensland, puts three on Gallon's chin, he gets a week, and we all move on. Yeah, well, fourteen nil at half time. Obviously, uh, I, I thought we were dominant. Like I said, still a few too many errors. Uh, time out, not having the greatest. Start to the game. Fergo dropped one after a great run back, but recovered well after that. Lewis, Maloney, Jared Hayne, these kind of guys were outstanding in the first half. But earlier on in the second, they come out. Smith almost cuts through when nothing's doing. Yeah. Jared Hayne, great try-saver, uh, double movement. Uh, we we kind of lost our way. We, we were making those errors again, I, I repeat, you know, like early on in the sets. It wasn't yeah. exactly the best thing to be trying to, to shift. And our kicking game kind of evaporated early on. We started to find... Billy Slater on the floor, these kind of guys, and field position yeah, turned I, more towards them. I think Smith our field position, took more responsibility from kicking from dummy half. Our field position reflected, as you said, our lack of go forward, and I thought that that reflected the fact that we weren't using our bench properly. We looked tired because we only had a three-man rotation, whereas Queensland had a four-man rotation. Uh, that then reflected in us getting back on side. As you say, once Smith started to find some grass, turn us around, it was sort of three wingers and Hayne... Uh, sorry, three hit-ups between the two wingers and Hayne early in the set. We, we were kicking from our 30, 40 metre line. Uh, and, and I think that's why Pierce was just roosting it um, down the other end and, and Slater was catching on the full. In the first half, often we were kicking from our own 50 or in, even inside Queensland's half. Mm. I think it got, comes back to... That's just from me putting my coach's hat on. You look at why, why they're struggling at that point of the game because we've got a three-man rotation. So... It's going to come back to bite you at some stage of the game. We dodged the bullet because Queensland couldn't capitalise on the opportunities. I mean, Smith scores. Uh, it's not a double movement. Smith beats Hayne and scores, which nine times out of ten he probably does. It's a different game last night. Mm. We, we dodged a lot of bullets last night, I, I think, from a New South Wales point of view. Yeah, well, field position turns. Smith obviously injected himself because Cronkier was trying his backside off and Thurston had come into the game a bit crook and... Worst where obviously weren't getting the desired effect. He planted it in the left-hand corner at least three or four times in a row. Dropped it on a dime, started to turn us around. Uh, we, once again, we did well, even though we, we weren't exactly outstanding to withstand the pressure. But later on, as always, Queensland uh, stage a comeback. Justin Hodges, who almost single-handedly turned that game around, he was close to their best on field, I yeah, think, was, with, with, with Billy Slater. Um, gets out of dummy half, beats Hoffman, beats Bird, beats a couple... Gets a quick play of the ball. Cronk gets from dummy half. Tells a few of the forwards to bugger off. Cuts it out to Thurston. On to GI. Fends off Josh Morris like no tomorrow. And Boyd crosses. It was simple as that. That one moment uh, where we show a little bit of weakness. Queensland jump back into it. Yeah. Rest of the game, though, uh, you know, they, they got a line break late. 
or Billy Slater got through off a eight miles offload, got hunted down by Hayne. I look at it all over. There wasn't too many other highlights in the second half, but Queensland like, just Queensland saw, were all over. Second just half. saw sloppiness and, and some holes there. But that, that's the, the real positive. We both said on the way out. I really don't think I was I was happy with the way we played, but at the same time, there's so much improvement mm. that a 14-6 result from the way we did play, and we made five more errors than they did on the night. And uh, just all, all those little things in the meeting well, add yeah. up and say if we put together even 20 or 30 more minutes of more solid football, that we're easily a 12-point better team. Well, I'll tell you how bad we were second half. Possession even up to 50-50. Yeah. And, and we, you, we you were, think yeah. about how much uh, ball we had first half. was almost just flipped in the second half in Queensland's favour. Queensland also had more ball inside our 20. They, I think they had 27 tackles. We only had 20 that tackles inside their like 20. Definitely. Years, we definitely. gave a lot more ball. Definitely, but... That's got to be something we take out of it. We can't afford to give them much, that much ball at Suncorp. Um, mm. You know, they're, they're obviously they're, they're not going to play that bad again uh, throughout this series. So we, we got the jump on them. Uh, we now need to improve, um, as you know, you can expect Queensland to improve. It will. New South Wales perspective, obviously, Luke Lewis, man of the match, outstanding performance last night yeah. after not playing for a couple of weeks for the Sharks, and they reckon that two day, the last two days before the game, he was bedridden. Yeah, with the flu, but 170 meters, uh, he got a try assist, a line break. Everyone that looked like they were going to come down his edge got whacked. He was good off the line, really busy all night. Uh, Paul Gallen, obviously, in most New South Wales fans' eyes, gets man of the match for punching the piss out of a Queenslander. Yeah, 180 meters, 20 carries, uh, and I thought three out of the four debutants that obviously were involved with the game were all very solid. Like Ferguson had his early drop, but you see the advantage and. Uh, the physicality of the man and he scoots from there on in. He was he was a good set starter. Maloney, I thought, outplayed Pierce. His attacking kicks in particular. He got us a couple of repeat sets and constantly put pressure on their back three. Yeah. As well as the line break and for Fida, Barry's one little moment of madness there of uh, giving away the penalty and yeah, getting that, a bit emotional. Right. He showed why he got picked. He bent the line back. He was a menace to them in his time on the field. Definitely, as well. I thought his first in in particular when we had uh, you know obviously Ball, man, yeah, yeah he, he was excellent. Second half he, he did his job. Uh, you know I can't put any knock on Andrew Fafita last night. Mm. Uh, Farron Hayne also. I thought I'll go back. I watched the replay. Um, you know late last night with the pizza up until about two a.m. I, I honestly think that Hayne deserved man of the match over over Louis. He was um, good. He was very good. Luke Lewis was spec- spectacular. But I went back and just watched it. I watched the game on mute because I don't like to have the commentators or the, the atmosphere yeah, or anything influence us. But uh, some of the spots where Jared Hayne had to pick the ball up last night and he managed to not only pick the ball up and get out of the in goal or you know get out of our own 10 metres, but get in between defenders and play the ball quick. Incredible. Um there are a couple of those Cooper Cronk bombs that went up that he defused. Uh, he, on several occasions, he was the first guy back there taking the hit up to take the pressure off the forwards. He was in sniffing around at dummy half, taking carries when uh, you know markers were on the ground from Queensland. I just thought he was spectacular last night. He obviously scored the first try. That Jared Hayne, man, where is your ceiling? His ceiling is. He could be anywhere. He could be anything. With that sort of effort, the only week problem, to week. Though, like we said, is many of the time when he puts a blue jersey on and people go, "Why do you pick him?" That's why you pick him. Yeah. He's like on a Greg English policy or any of these guys for Queensland. When they play for Queensland, it doesn't matter what their club form's like. Mm. They do the job. But his problem is when he goes back to Parramatta. I know they're rebuilding. They're terrible. Apparently, they tapped about twelve blokes on the shoulder yesterday. They're trying to move on and continue this rebuild. But 
he he could do that week to week. I know he doesn't have that team around him, but his individual performances yeah, could be up to that level. It's got to be hard for him just getting kicked in the guts over and I over know. and over for the last three or four years. That's going to wear on you. Um, and you know he must be really looking forward to these games because uh, you know, let's let's be honest, this is going to be the highlight of Haynes' season. These three games, really, yeah. Um, I, no, and that's not knocking Luke Lewis. I, Luke Lewis, that's the best game I've seen him play. Obviously, we've seen a lot of him out here at Penrith play. He's the most injury-ravaged, uh, one of the most injury-ravaged blokes in the NRL. He's a 10-game um, player most of the time in the season. Just brilliant. And there's no, and a lot of people were knocking Gus last night. Get on, get back on this. You know, oh, well, Jennings and, and Lewis are carving up for New South Wales. Well, there's no argument that uh, Gus obviously rates both of them, would have loved to have kept both of them. It, again, it's the money thing. We've, we've been over it a thousand times. but mm. The contract um, situation that Matt Elliott left yeah. them in was going to leave them short of a first grade squad with the yeah. amount of rewards and upgrades that were coming in, in the recent uh, the years yeah. upcoming. So you can't blame him for having to let a couple go. There's still talk at the start of the year, obviously, that the you know Tim Grant, Lachlan Coote, a few others were still on pretty decent contracts and there was one or, one or two that they were looking to uh, either recontract on different kind of money or move on again. But yeah. you look at the benefits already, you know, and we're not going to get off this Panther track again, but you look at the benefits already of restructuring. Yeah. But uh, Robbie Farrell was the other one out of those couple of players you mentioned. Uh, we got a bit of worry. Supposedly, he may have a fractured jaw and he did get a broken nose out of that. Um, of, of, you know, you, you have to be hoping it's only going to be a week or two and, and the best possible outcome, but uh, that's yet to be known, so... Fingers crossed we'll find something out very, very soon on his condition. But, you know, that, those guys for me in particular... Well, I uh, can't see him playing this weekend. No, nah, most definitely not. But Lewis and Gallen led from the front. Uh, I thought Farrell was instrumental. He was, he was yeah. more dominant probably than both the halves, but I thought Maloney... Well, let's go back the to the halves. I thought, you know, if you look at the running metres, Maloney obviously carried the ball more than Pierce. Pierce had more kicking metres, but I think that comes back to... He did a lot of the long kicking. So Malone, I think Maloney's attacking. Maloney team. had uh, seven kicks for 200 metres. Pierce had nine kicks for 340. So that just tells me he did a lot of the long kicking. But look at Maloney's a couple of Maloney's kicks. kicks. If they pull up a metre short, um, there was one where Jennings almost scored late in the second half. Mm. Uh, there was one there where uh, Brett Morris trapped Billy Slater in the in goal. Uh, you know his short kicking game last night was excellent. Uh, Pierce's long kicking game. It's it's just it seems just a very uppish kick. He just boots it. He doesn't look like the, he looks. He just grabs just it. Just roosts it. it. Um I thought Farris kicking game was really, really good last night. He put in a kick also that forced the drop out um a nice little chip into a corner, uh which managed to trap Billy Slater. Oh, I like still... the fact that and if you look at our kicking, um Maloney had seven, Pierce had nine, Farrah had three, and then you look at Queensland. Thurston only kicked five times. Crop yeah, kicked Late sixteen problem. times. Smith only kicked twice. Yeah. So well, both of Smiths, I remember, both left foot, both bottom corner. Yeah. Dropped them oh, they were the great time. kicks, but that, that just shows yeah, you where the control that we managed to exert over them. You know, like if, if when Smith's kicking, you know they're on a roll hmm. because he's got got enough time to get out, adjust, and put it in the corner. Well, they had to share that burden last night because as we got the tip before the game, Thurston had a leg problem, well, which me, is why he didn't kick for goal either. And so. I may be critical, but if Jonathan Thurston should not have played last night. If that was yeah, a, they're not, uh, not going to go in that game without Thurston, regardless of what, what? you say. Cherry Evans, Cherry Evans is more than capable. I know he's more um, than capable, but they're not going to. If he's any, well, that's fine. Any, and if they, if, if he's not, play. if he's not good, if he's not in good nick, they're going to get beat game two. But if he plays like he's that, be the one who sacrifices himself. He's mate, not. It's not his decision. 
It's well, Mel Meninga's decision. They obviously let Matt um, Murdy's decision. They, they put all... They said that he trained the house down the day before. I, I find that hard to believe. They put all obstacle, everything in place for him to overcome it with the baby situation, the no, virus, it wasn't the, the baby. Injury. It wasn't the baby. It was obviously his groin, whatever the things, issue though. is. They put everything in place to make sure he played that. So they obviously weren't too well, worried about the repercussions of injury or the virus because they never dumb. ever look like picking Cherry Evans. It was dumb. They carried Cherry Evans the whole camp um, to cover him. I would have played Cherry Evans. Well, I would have had sure. Papali because I thought their bench was too mobile and they needed another bigger boy. To well, they did need another big boy, yeah. So and I'm not they're going to get McQueen. Uh, I like McQueen a lot. They're going to get Hennett back, but I still... Well, they had four back rows on I the bench. I still think that Papali does play back row, but he has a lot more impact than any of those guys and has the ability to play tight if they need him to. Yeah. So I kind of think that Hennett's definitely going to come back in. They need that big bopper, but I'd still be maybe looking more in the direction of a Papali just for that extra size and mobility. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I made... That was probably the ma- major reason why I liked New South Wales. The bench was light. Was because they they picked four back rows on the bench. I, I know we had we had Fafita, Merrin, and Watmo, and obviously Reynolds. Reynolds who didn't get used, but at we least two of those guys though. are actually front rowers. Merrin's a front rower. He's yeah. a, he plays lock. On top of that, our back rowers, as far as point of difference are concerned, though, like our back rowers is our Nate strength. Miles, Thide, a lot of these guys. I'm not saying they're straight up and down and they're boring, but they don't have the amount of offload yeah, footwork but, or. Differences in their game, like the New South Wales back row has. Exactly. But uh, moving on to Queensland, Justin Hodges, like we said, he was probably their standout late in the game, and the, the one who, for me, who got in there, tried to make a difference. 135 metres, four offloads. Uh, people last night were critical of Billy Slater, and I, I'm not going to lie, I, I always sound biased because I'm a Melbourne fan, but I don't know what game anyone's watching. He diffused everything. No. He made over. He was game high metre wise, over 200 something metres. Uh, two line breaks, safe as a bank. He didn't get much help from anyone else. And uh, the other one, again, I'm going to sound biased, but I think it's pretty obvious. Cameron Smith was more in control than both the halves were last night. He almost scored a try out of nothing. His two kicks, when he, he did get himself involved, dropped it on a dime, but uh, 53 tackles. He, he needed a bit more assistance, I think. They did a good job of nullifying the halves and obviously restraining the forwards, so he didn't have too much involvement, but... Uh, out of those three creative players, I thought he was probably the one most in control. Well, as I said earlier, he, he was a centimetre away from scoring a very influential try. Mm. Uh, he, he set up a few line breaks, put a, a few blokes through holes. Um, you know, New South Wales did a great job of blunting the ability of Cameron Smith and all the control that Cameron Smith, Slater and Cronk had over the game. Thurston was a passenger, uh, but the other three... You you know you only give them the chances uh, you know that they deserve. I, I guess what I'm trying to say. I I just think that New South Wales did a good job. They put the ball in in the right areas of the field. Uh, we controlled the ruck. Uh, Mal Meninga said that in the press conference that uh, you know he thought that New South Wales got away with a lot in the ruck. Well, to be fair, I thought Queensland got away with a lot in the ruck as well. But uh, that obviously blunted the ability of Smith to get out, and his forwards just didn't go forward for him. It, he was missing. Petro and, and Benny Hannett. Uh, you know, you take those two guys out, they'll get Benny Hannett back maybe for game two, but they definitely need another big boy to get going forward. Um, and obviously they, they missed the jump last night, Queensland. We're all over them from, from day dot. So uh, anyone that wants to come out and bag Smith and Slater, you've got rocks in your head. Um, that was just good work by New South Wales. They executed the game plan um, for the majority of the game and uh, if we can do that again in game two, I, I like our chances going up to Queensland. Mm. Well, the only forward I thought had any kind of impact, well, Miles obviously did again. That's his arena. He's probably the most dominant forward over the last couple of years, but they even did a good job on him. 
Scott was effective at times, but he didn't have enough assistance around him. A lot of his carries were starting with a, a set line and getting bashed. Uh, Parker come on and had a red-hot go, but uh, their bench in particular wasn't that great. Didn't really give them too much. And I thought David Chillington, who was supposed to be taking that big bopper role up front, he was terrible, oh, as was our front rower in James Tarmour. He only had 50 metres and dropped the ball three times. Yeah, but so. if you line them up, Tarmour was better than Chillington. Oh, I think the errors may, may have counted against him there, but they, they both had Barry Crockers. But yeah. uh, on Tarmour's side of things, he's obviously safe. We've got the win. Uh, Laurie said that 17 will be picked again unless there's any injuries. Queensland side of things, you think Shillington will get probably relegated to the bench if Hannett's healthy enough to start. and uh, They're seriously going to have to consider maybe McQueen, even though he is a useful player, maybe dropping out and, and keeping Parker and Gillette and bringing in either Dave Taylor or Papali. They need another big bloke on the bench. Well, I'd pick both. I'd pick Taylor and Papali. Uh, we, we had the point of difference. We've got... Our Dave Taylor is Andrew Fafita, basically. He came on, harassed us, uh, sorry, harassed Queensland. Uh, I think they've got to try and find something that's going to be uh, be able to give them a little bit of punch, a little bit of go forward, some offloads, because last night, Justin Hodges was the one um, creating that spark around the middle of the field and offloading the footy. The, the forwards, they all seem a little bit same-same, and, you know, obviously support the Titans, but Ashley Harrison, he's not... He's not that bloke that's going to bend the line back, um, you know, and, and and break tackles and offload the footy. Uh, neither's Nate Miles. I, I mean, he's got an offload in him, Nate Miles, but he's definitely not the bloke that's going to, you know, just run over blokes. You, you and, can and, sum and, up the back rowers very simply. Very they, They've got the work... You know, you could sum it up very yeah. easily. They've got the workman-like pack. Yeah. There's no great leg speed or footwork over there. There's hard work and effort. But you look at the New South Wales back rowers, that's the star-studded back row. There's yeah. all the leg speed, the hole running, all those extra little bits of points of difference that can break a game open. Yeah. So to sum it up before we move on, I think you'd agree with me that New South Wales forward domination is the reason they win that game. Yeah. And straightforward, going to Suncorp, they get to hand it back. Thurston needs to be more involved, and one we probably haven't touched on, but there's no need to because he was sitting out at centres, you know, probably picking Flynn off his jersey, G.I., Needs to find a way to put himself in the well, game. He had, one, he had one nice touch. The try, Queensland's try in the second half. Well, he needed um, to go float around the ruck a little bit more or do something. Other than that. But I actually thought a couple of times he did take carries. New South Wales seemed really Rushed alert him. on just whacking him. Mm. Um, and I bagged him after that Sharks-South game. He was a passenger in that game. He cottonwooled himself. He really, game, he really uh, followed that performance up with another Barry Crocker last night. Just had no involvement at all. Well, they Mal and and, and, and you said it. You said it. The Hodges was in there doing what GI well, should have when, done. When he's a centre, I know he plays fullback club, and he may have a bit dirt on it. But while they've got Billy and him there, and we've spoken about this, I've, I'll argue with anyone that says I'm biased towards Melbourne here. Would you rather have him at fullback, and they say and put Billy on a wing, which makes him useless, and then some random centre come in? They, they don't. Well, want to, it wouldn't be a random centre. It'd be Dane Nielsen. Yeah, but they, what do you get out of Dane Nielsen in attack? I'm not arguing with that. I'm just so, saying that in game... Said, hang on, but in game three last year, Slater was out, Nielsen played in the centres, and, and G.I. Yeah, we're, we're not the and, same. And they won. We're not the same sort. I'm not saying... They're not. I'm not arguing with you, but what I'm saying is, is that they... You know, they could do that, but they're they not could, the same team. But at they're the same, same time, team. when you've got a guy, when he moves to centre, who is rated as the best centre in the world when he's not even in his natural position, yeah. I'd rather stack the side. I don't no, I, I'm not going to argue. I'm the that. same. On the, I've told you about the Brent Tate thing. If, if, if I said stack. to you, "Can you have Slater and Inglis in the side, or you can only have one of them?" 
you'd be an idiot to say I only want one I want of them. both of them. Exactly. And, and still... you move them into the, into the way that best suits the team, and that's what Mel Meninga did. It's the same way that I like how they do pick a Boyd or someone on a wing. I'd rather have another fullback or a centre than wingers. No offence yeah. to a lot of wingers in the comp, but you get more out of these. You know, if you've yeah. got a couple of high-quality fullbacks or centres, pick them instead. Yeah. Like, I'd have no hesitation, I was going to say. I like Dane Nielsen. Defensively and attacking, I'd still probably rather him on that other wing than Brent Tate, to be honest. I agree. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'd rather load the side up with quality than you know have to pick a winger for the sake of it. I think there's a lot more centres that have played wing. Well, Brett Morris, Brett Morris was the only out-and-out winger that played in this game. Mm, exactly. Because Tate plays centre. So that at, proves at in rep fixtures. Boyd plays fullback. Plays, Ferguson plays centre. That's exactly right. Mm. Um, he's the only out-and-out winger there. And obviously, Brett Morris can play fullback as well. Yeah. Um, but let's you know try and wrap this up. The yeah. uh, you know Obviously, the end of the game, Queensland were, were obviously surging. Uh, we piggybacked them down the field a couple of times, but um, obviously we gave up that late line break, uh, which looked like they, they might score, but um, some great cover defence by Jared Hayne and then a, a, an awesome tackle by Greg Bird to force an error on Sam Thiday was probably the the, uh, the straw that broke the camel's back for Queensland. But um, a really probably a, a really confidence-building end of the game for New South Wales to know that we can defend a, a lead. Uh, you know, how many times have we seen us leading by four or, or you know, six or eight with ten to go and, and we get rolled just because we're like a deer in the headlights. So mm-hmm. hopefully a real confidence-building performance for us. And I, This has really set up the series now. Um, the next two games, you know, if we go up there, we're going to get a cracker. Well, I, f- I feel fine now knowing that for once we're coming home for game three. Well, we're always going up there for game three or we've had a game in Melbourne. You never feel the same, but for once we're finally coming home. If it does, we do go down down in game two. I'm still confident that this is the year for New South Wales. We're coming home. Yeah, and then that's what I'm saying. I think, crowd at ANZ. Not that I want New South Wales to lose at Suncorp, but I think we're going to get an absolute cracker at Suncorp. And whether we win or lose, the, the Blues that is in in, at, in Queensland, game three is going to be a, a cracker. You know, because if if we go two nil up, we've won the series. Everyone's going to pack out New South Wales to see us take the shield around. Mm. Uh, if we lose, it sets up. What a decider it'd be back at uh, at ANZ. It'd just be incredible. I mean, um, it's just really set it up for us. I think this is as close as the two sides have been, you know, easily in the last four years, that's for sure. Uh, and, you know, we probably did ourselves a disservice back then because we chopped and changed so much. But it looks like we've got a lot of guys, we've got a lot of origin experience, and that shone through last night. I, I just think from last year to this year, Obviously, the hurt of, of going down by the point last year has uh, obviously drove us on. Queensland, they would you you can uh, feel free to disagree with me. They looked a little bit like um, a bit same same last night. Like they started off the pace. I'm not going to question what it means to them, but after you've won it seven years in a row, um, maybe that 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 we've got that edge on them. I think. I think. I think, no, I, we do, I think we do want it more than what Queensland do at the moment. Oh, well, we have to want it more, yeah. but I don't even think it's that. I think finally, 
they like I said, they used the bench, they stocked up, and we've got the players that win those kind of games. They've got a workmanlike pack, and it's kind of worked while we've been low these last couple of years on form players in my eyes. We've never really had a 17 to pick that you could be confident in. This yeah. year we had more than enough players in just about every position, probably besides centre. Now, Josh Morris hasn't scored a try this year, but there isn't really a position that you couldn't look at for New South Wales this year and say there's a player for it. Mm. We've got a million back rollers. We've got Fafita. Woods playing out of his skin, couldn't get a look in. Tolman playing out of his skin. Tim Grant playing out of his skin. Uh, you've got Blake Ferguson who gets put in on a wing. You know, Uade's obviously injured and misses out. He wasn't. He was doing all right before he got hurt. McManus is on fire. Jared Hayne, Brett Stewart before he went down. Michael Gordon, for once, we've finally loaded yeah, we've up. Depth. And in the halves, you know. Usually we're bloody sitting there picking our ears saying, well, we have to pick Pierce. It's pretty much the only option we've got. Yeah. This year you could have had both the Rabbitohs halves instead of both the Roosters halves. Yeah. And Todd Carney played great when he came back. Yeah. So we're finally in the position that they've been in for all these oh, we've years. We've got a little bit of depth, yeah. Definitely. We could probably change six or seven players and I'd be confident we'd still get the result done. Yeah. But uh, that, that, that's where I'm looking at right now. They're coming to, not saying the end of a reign, but they're, they're definitely coming to the end of that side, you know. So yeah, those guys over the next couple of years are going to be retiring from rep football or stopping altogether. So yeah. this is the time for us to kind of look at that side that's very young and move forward and hopefully get a couple of series back in our own belt. Definitely. But moving on, uh, forward dominated game. Lots of improvement and hopefully a win up in Queensland. But if not, come back down here for a third game, which would be outstanding. Queensland, like we said, they need those big boppers in that side and they need Thurston to get healthy and get GI more involved in the game. Yep. But, uh, moving on from that, we're obviously going to be joined by Mr. Gossip for uh, more news, seeing as they were a couple of days further into the week. And we'll obviously preview the games from the weekend and do our tips with him. But for now, we're going to move on to our Degenerate Gambler section, brought to you by Cenobet.com. If you want to have a bet on the NRL or any sport, get onto Cenobet and fire up. Download the Cenobet app and get into the center of the action. Or get onto www.cenobet.com and register now. Or call 1-800-013-627 for all your inquiries. Cenobet, fire up. Alrighty, now our Degenerate Gambler section brought to you by Cenobet.com. Fire up with Cenobet. You can download the Cenobet app from the App Store or get online and register there. But getting into the odds now, Brock, brought to you by Cenobet. What have we got? Uh, the standalone Friday night game will kick us off, and that's the promo for Centibet this week. Um, and that is, if you place a bet on the head-to-head market in the Eels versus Roosters match, and if your team scores 20 points or more but loses, they'll refund your first bet up to $100. So uh, if you're interested in having a head-to-head bet, uh, just know that if your team scores 20 points and uh, gets rolled, at least you'll get your cash back. That head-to-head market, Parramatta, $3.80 outsiders, the Roosters... Uh, a little bit of money for them. They're now into a dollar twenty-eight. The start is ten. Um, for me, ten probably won't be enough for the Eels. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the head-to-head uh, on that one. I, I think the Roosters, even having a couple of players in Origin, should do the job on Parra. They're still a bit weak. Well, you'd think so. And they've got another debutant this week on the wing, and Braden Williamo, former Melbourne player. So congrats to him. Yep. All right. Saturday, uh, the first game kicking off uh, is the North Queensland Cowboys and the Dogs. Cowboys two dollars fifty. Canterbury a bit of money again, dollar fifty six. The start is four and a half to the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. That one, I'm, I'm probably favouring Canterbury, but uh, not with a lot of confidence. But at the same time, North Queensland haven't done anything to really make me uh, 
turn my head or jump up and down and think they're going to do uh, too good this weekend, so I'd probably have a dig at the Bulldogs. That was actually the second game. The first game on Saturday uh, is actually the Newcastle Knights, $1.42. The St. George Illawarra Dragons, $2.95. The start is 7 dollars to the Dragons. Um, it's a chance for Wayne Bennett to break the coaching record. I think... Um, you know, the, the Knights obviously at home, their record is strong. The dollar forty-two probably is a reflection of that. Uh, I think for me, Newcastle, I'm, I'm with you there. No Jamie Soward. Trent Merrin's coming back. Uh, he didn't play a lot of minutes, so he should be pretty fresh and ready to go. But Newcastle should really be fired up for this one at home especially. All right, a big a long weekend. Sunday kicks off 2 o'clock in New Zealand. The Warriors $2.20 outsiders against the Manly Seagulls seventy. No real money in this game. Uh, the Warriors get a two and a half start. For me, I, I like Manly. That's massive odds. Manly a dollar seventy. Mm. I think the odds on Manly are pretty good, but I don't mind probably a twelve and a half if you want to have a multi with the Warriors. Yeah, twelve and a half start. I hate backing sides like the Warriors with twelve and a half. Mm. I'd, I'd rather just back Manly. At least you know what you're going to get with the Sea Eagles. Mm. Uh, and three o'clock on Sunday, out here in the Golden West, the Penrith Panthers take on the West Tigers. Penrith a dollar twenty five. That's going to be the shortest they've been in any head-to-head market in the last probably three to four years. The West Tigers, $4.10, and the line is 10 and a half to the Tigers. Yeah. Well, for me, I, I think 10 and a half. You know, I, I look at it and I think that's probably probably not a bad bet. I'm not saying that Penrith won't win, but uh, now now thinking about it, they're unaffected by origin. They're in a good role. They're at home, and the West Tigers have the possibility of not having Robbie Farrar, so well, $1.25. I was going to say... <clears throat> and Benji, Far- uh, Benji Marshall, sorry, is not exactly in the best form. James Tedesco is no. not playing fullback this week. Sean Meany is, so mm. at the same time. I think $1.25 is very short for Penrith, but I think they've pretty much got that one in the back. Uh, I wouldn't be back in Penrith minus the 10, put it that way. No. Um, you know, They're not a side that is going to... You, you know, you feel confident in covering margins. Right but, now. Uh, you know, dollar twenty-five probably too short to back them head to head. Too, even though I think they will win and probably um, win by at least two tries. Uh, the final game on Sunday, Sunday night football returns. Melbourne Storm at home, a dollar thirty. The Cronulla Sharks, three dollars sixty-five without their skipper. Mm. Well, I'm obviously in Melbourne. sorry. The uh, start is nine and a half to Cronulla. Mm. I'm obviously a Melbourne fan, but I said to you before we have four blokes that played in that game the other night, all of which almost played a full game. Hoffman's the only one who didn't. Yeah. Uh, we usually struggle around this time. And we weren't in great form before we went to Origin. They may be missing Paul Gallon and Luke Lewis may have played, but they've been winning without both those guys. They've won three in a row. And Todd yeah. Carney's got a chip on his shoulder at the moment and a massive point to prove. So $3.60, was it? 365 365 I think, you know, even a small bet on the Sharks isn't too bad. But yeah. uh, otherwise, I would, I wouldn't, I'd be looking at Melbourne 1-12. to Yeah. All righty. Uh, the final game, Monday Night Footy. The Canberra Raiders down... Uh, in the nation's capital, dollar thirty-eight. Been a little bit of money for them. The Brisbane Broncos, three dollars fifteen. The start is eight to Brisbane. Yeah. Well, I, I know they got spanked on Monday, but they've had a full week's recovery. Uh, the Origin players would have had a five-day turnaround. Hodges played pretty much a full game. Gillette and Parker weren't really involved. Thigh day. I don't mind. I really don't mind the yeah. Broncos. Well, I'd be saying flip a coin because Canberra should, in my eyes, beat well, them and beat them convincingly. But they've shown half start. What happens when they're hot and when they're not? When when they're on, Canberra blow anyone off the park. But when mm. Canberra don't feel like playing, well, yeah. Broncos twelve and a half start dollar fifty eight. I don't mind that at all. Mm. Um, obviously, that's the last game. The uh, Titans and the Rabbitohs have the bye before they clash next week. Um, obviously, this week on the podcast on the Facebook page today, we've announced our uh, charity partnership with the Shepherd Centre, which is for um, deaf children. 
Uh, we've had a couple of wins on our first couple of multis. Last weekend, we had the uh, the Titans into the Warriors, which which got up, and we had the Blues just to win head-to-head last night. So we're up around the vicinity of $300 already for the Shepherd Centre. This weekend, uh, we're going to have the Roosters to beat the Eels head-to-head, and we are going to have the Cronulla Sharks with a 12.5 start at $1.65. As our weekly multi, that'll pay about $2.15 if it gets up. So hopefully we can keep that roll going and string three uh, three uh, bit good bets in a row um, and keep the ball rolling. Mm. Would you like to explain to us, Brock, uh, obviously people are probably wondering why I keep saying centre bet, but they've obviously come on board with us. So uh, there's some giveaways that will be coming. We've obviously got the charity bets that we're doing every week. Yep. But uh, what about at the prizes? The prizes, uh, we're gonna, we've got two $100 free bets to give away every week. So we'll, we'll probably decide um, you know, on, a, on a structured format on how we're going to give them away. At the moment, last night, we gave it away based on the score in the origin, closest to guessing the score. Um, you know, we'll probably look at that for Monday night games and, and maybe a Friday night game. Anyone that can pick the score, $100 free bet. Or we may look at some trivia or other things. But, uh, yeah, thanks to Centibet for coming on board. It's obviously a, uh, it's, it's going to benefit... Both us and you guys out there, it's 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 uh, free money basically um, for you to have a punt. It's also going to benefit the Shepherd Centre, so jump on board, get behind it, um, and obviously get across to their page and, and give them a like. Yeah, a little more incentive for you guys out there to listen, and there's nothing better than betting else with some uh, betting with someone else's money. So a big thanks to centrebet.com again. Get on there, fire up and register with an account there. Uh, you can download the app from the App Store and get yourself into the centre of the action or you can call them on 1-800-013-627 for any general inquiries you have. So a uh, big thanks to them again for helping us out with the charity bets and hopefully we get more wins and losses because uh, it's for good, not evil, and it's always good when you get to help out a worthy cause. Yeah, uh, Chris Anderson won the bet last night. He, he backed uh, New South Wales to win 15-6, to so obviously it was 14-6 the scoreline. He was closest to. Um, and also Adam Zilstra, he won the uh, Mark Guyer signed jersey today we, we drew that today so um, we'll post that out to you very shortly mate well done no worries. congratulations to those guys and we're hopefully looking to hook up some more giveaways and some more freebies to keep things a bit more interesting on this show but for now we've done our genetic gambler section brought to you by Cenobit we've done the review of the state of origin we'll jump into Mr Gossip for all the latest rugby league gear, head into Leagues and Legends, now based at Shell Harbour, Mount Druitt Westfield and Campbelltown Mall Store. Or check them out online at www.nrlstore.com.au. Fifth and last listeners, you can receive free delivery on any 2013 adult NRL jersey. Be quick, jersey selling fast. Remember, www.nrlstore.com.au. Leagues and Legends. Tapping phones, hiding in the sheds and going through shredded documents to find any morsel of information inside on the NRL, it's Mr. Gossip. <laughs> happy days, boys. How are we after the win? Very, very happy, my friend. Very, very happy. And relieved, I guess. Oh, that was fantastic, wasn't it? Great from a Blues point of view, that's for sure. Nice to uh, be dominant and give a bit of the, the payback for once instead of copping it all. Well, I mean, even if you're a Queensland fan, at least it brings a little bit of interest for them up in game two. So, you know, if, if Queensland had won last night, then, you know, and, and, and going up to Queensland, it would have been red-hot favourites. It would have been all over already. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be 3-0 New South Wales. I tipped it before the series started. I'm, I'm going to stick by it. 
Yeah, you did say that last week that you think it's 3 0, so it might just come to fruition, mate. Mm, $6.50 on the TAB, too. <laughs> uh, boys, got a bit of gossip for us this week. Um, starting off with the West Tigers. Now, they're very keen to boost their sort of senior ranks for next year. They want to target Georgie Rose, big Georgie Rose from Manly. Um, they're also keen in Dean Hallatow as well. And today they signed Martin Tapau from the Bulldogs as well. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, going on a forward hunt, that's for sure. Uh, George Rose, not really think, oh, I don't really think that's exactly a great boy. He's a bit of a character, sure, probably someone good to have around your club, but as far as improving their side's concerned, I think they need more than a, a sideshow who wears the skins of black caviar under his shorts and plays 15 minutes. <laughs> Dean Hallatow, I think he could be helpful for him. He's but pretty solid at the Dogs last year before he got injured and a former Tiger they never wanted to let go. And Tapau also a bit of young blood in the front row, but... Uh, yeah, I think they should be looking more in the youth direction than, than older blokes. Yeah, they're more like fringe first graders, those guys. But um, George Rose, I, I don't understand why anyone would give that bloke a run. Feeding him, I've seen A-graders fitter than him running around playing local footy. So, don't understand it. Yeah, very strange. Uh, and the Paramount Eels boys, news doesn't get any better out of there. Uh, they issued a statement on Wednesday uh, outlining that the services of a number of players will be not required for, for next season. And uh, those under contract for next season have been offered early releases. Um, I've got a list here of all the players that are unwanted. Uh, Rennie Matua, Matt Keating, Ben Smith, Willie Tonga, Benny Roberts, Chase Blair, Daniel Harrison, Nathan Smith, Pat O'Hanlon and Matthew Eisenhuis have all been given the tap on the shoulder. Yeah, well, there's a couple of young blokes there that have only played a couple of games, but, uh, you know, like Pat O'Hanlon, Chase Blair, they've played a bit of first grade. Chase Blair, I don't know how he thinks he's a centre. He's one of the biggest human beings I've ever seen. I think he's more like a back row. Uh, O'Hanlon, not really effective when he's been in grade. Good in New South Wales Cup. Harrison, same kind of deal. Someone who's more of a New South Wales Cup player. Probably the only one that's got me is more mature. I know he's an older bloke, and I don't think they would have paid much to have got him back after his drug ban, but... um. Going forward, I kind of look at that one and think he's probably one of the only ones that would have kept, but not for much. And the hooker situation, Nathan Smith and Matt Keating, I know they've got Kaiser Pritchard, but who else have they got to back uh, back him up if he's going to become the, the starting nine? Yeah, look, I I look at it, I, I disagree. I would have kept Chase Blair, I would have kept Nathan Smith, and I would have kept Brandon Matua, but the other nine I sort of agree with. Matty Keating, probably the main one, but Willie then Tonga again, well. well, Willie Tonga's, how many games has he played? He played like four, I, I think. Yeah, like... He, he went there on big bucks and, uh, you know, hasn't done anything for, for the Eels. And uh, Nathan Smith, I thought he I thought he did a good job filling in for Matt Keating last year when he got injured. And I think Matua, um, you know, I know Matua's had some off games, but the majority of uh, of games that he, he plays for Parra, I think he's, he's always in their top three players. Um, so I find that one a little bit strange. Maybe it is an, it's an age thing more than a, uh, a form thing. Yeah, I think the, the thing that bothers me the most, boys, is that the Eels came out and issued a statement and made it public. I know Jared Hayne had a few things to say on uh, the radio this afternoon. He wasn't happy about it. It's not the best way to build up for a Friday night football game either. I just don't understand why they can't keep this shit in-house. I mean, why make it public that 12 players are unwanted? I don't see the benefit. Yeah, well, on on top of that, like, O'Hanlon being one of those younger blokes that's just been given the tap on the shoulder, yet he's getting to play first grade this week, so... It's almost like, a, yeah, you're out here, go have a couple of games to show your wares and then get out. So 
Yeah. It's it's funny for me. I think the golden rule for any, like you look at your top organisations, most of the, you know, the dirty laundry gets kept in-house. Um, I know Manly's probably the one exception with the way that their boards run, but uh, that's definitely got nothing to do with rugby league. But, I mean, you look at the majority of the, the successful franchises in the NRL, all this stuff's kept in-house. So Parramatta need a, a change or probably a broom put through from, from top right to bottom, and that, that starts right at the top, I think. So... Yeah, interesting. Uh, now the Warriors boys, they've signed another half Sharks, uh, Chad Townsend. Um, he's agreed to terms with the Warriors. Uh, they also signed Harry Seeker, of course, in the off-season, who's playing for uh, the Balkans. So they've got a few halves in there around at the moment. I'd prefer Townsend with Johnson if I was uh, going to go any direction. I, I think the Seeker thing was more of a you know, vote of confidence from Matt Elliott, who had him prior. But from what I've seen of Seeker at Penrith, I don't think he's an NRL player, that's for sure. But Ch- Chad Townsend, I like him. He's a pretty stern player. Yeah, I think Chad Townsend's a great boy. I, uh, over the off-season, before the Titans sort of looked at Albert Kelly, I, I would have loved for the Titans to make a play for uh, Townsend. Every time he's come into the Sharks, um, you know, when they've had injuries and, and things like that in the halves, he's uh, he's done nothing um, to say that he couldn't, you know, handle a full-time um, spot in the NRL. So I think that's a good buy for the Warriors. Yeah, no, fair enough. And on the topic of halves, boys, it doesn't get any stranger than this one. The Knights are advanced discussions with um, Craig Gower. Now, I, I don't see why they would go after Craig. I mean, Craig's a great player, as we know, Mr. Gossip, he's a Panther fan, and, you know, won a premiership with him. He's played Origin, he's played... For Australia, he's played for Italy and rugby. He's done everything, but really, really, the bloke's nearly 55, you know? Yeah, 35 years old, and uh, I'm kind of with you. He's been all right over in the Super League from what I've seen uh, the back end of last year, not so much this year, and he's just lost the captaincy, I believe, so he's not not too happy with the direction they're going. But 35 years old, they've got to wake up to themselves. And what's he going to play? You've got young Roberts there with Mullen, in the halves, I know Gidley's a bit of a makeshift nine, and Badiris has had his injuries, so that's about the only role mm-hmm. I could see him playing. He, he wouldn't be coming in as a half, that's for sure. He'd have to be looking at him as, as a nine, or otherwise he's just backing up in New South Wales Cup. He might be. Uh, they might be getting him over there to boost their uh, their drinking stocks. Um, he's a fairly <laughs> he's a fairly uh, animated character off the field, old Craig. I, thirty five years old, they might as well go and sign Cliff Lyons. <laughs> you might still be playing for your minor bunny I don't yeah, know yeah. I dare say you'd go better than Garrett at that age uh, and the Panthers boys have re-signed David Simmons the flying winger who's athletic drive why are you laughing I just saw the post I saw on your Facebook page um, this week um, yeah a few uh, unhappy Panther fans Oh. Yeah, yeah well, I'd just like to point out that was Brock's comment, not mine. Yeah, I'm, and I'm, I'll stick by it. I'm willing to back up the fact that I look at Mansour, who's waiting to come back in. I know David Simmons has been playing well, but going forward, Travis Robinson and Mansour are in your back line, and James Roberts is ahead of him as well. So, In, uh, uh, in two years' time, when Dave Simmons is playing like a busted, and uh, guys like Dallin Wateen, um are playing first grade, Rob Jennings uh, pushing for first grade sports, George Jennings... Uh, they've got Jeff Daniello, they've got Trav Robinson, they've got Josh Mansour. They've got players coming out their backside. Um, he must have signed for Bickies, and, uh, you know, otherwise I couldn't justify signing him. Mm. That, that was my only point. It was nothing personal against Dave Simmons. It was just, I was surprised that, 
there was all the hoopla from the club about, you know, oh, I wonder who we've re-signed. He's, you know, like, who cares? He's an older bloke. He's been solid in first grade. I'll give him that. But, yeah, James Roberts, Josh Man- Like, Josh Mansell has to come back in, and there's only one bloke I'm looking at right now in that back line that's full of young blokes that's going to be the one I'd be moving yeah. back and to New South Wales Cup, Simmons. and that's Dave Simmons. Yeah. So. And that's not because he hasn't been playing well, but Josh Mansell needs to be in that team. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> Poor Dave, nice bloke too, old Dave. But yeah. look, like you said, he, he got paid peanuts, so um, you know, good, good luck to him. He'd be happy with that, but you know, yeah. like, and oh, that's that's um, a, you know, that, that, that's, rugby that's rugby league. That's rugby league. That's not that's a, it's not a hate campaign on him, the person, but uh, in football terms, I just we don't understand. That's all. Like if I'm running the footy club. Um, you know, unless he's on peanuts, I'm, I'm yeah. not re-signing. That's good, all I'm saying. Good depth, but he's not my narrow side. And the Panthers fans, well, suck it up. <laughs> oh, very good. And the last one I got tonight, boys, Glenn Buttress, the Raider there. He's re-signed with the club until 2015. Yeah, well, this one for me. This is another again. one. Like, he got his last contract when he was injured, and he's got another contract while he was injured. I, I just... I don't know what it is. The Raiders just love you get letting him get hurt, and then they give him another two years every single time it seems to happen. He's just getting free money. All right, most clubs, most clubs that we've got sixteen NRL clubs. Both most most clubs have got two hookers. All right, so that gives us a ranking of thirty-two. If he was in the top twenty-five, I'll eat my hat. I'll put it put it that way. He's not in the top twenty. He's not in the top twenty hookers in the comp. So I, they've got Matt McCurick there who I think will play test football for New Zealand. Uh, I don't know whether that'll be at the Raiders because they just cut him and chop and change and he's benched and he's in New South Wales Cup and then he's starting and the kid doesn't know whether he's coming or going. Mm. Um, you know, they let go of uh, Trav Waddell. Uh, they signed Sean Berrigan to play nine. I think they're the, they're the most poorly managed club in terms of hookers in the NRL. It's just awful. Yeah, well, as far as I'm concerned, I, I thought going forward it was definitely going to be Travi. And uh, Kiwi, and having spent some time down there, especially with McIlrick, he's a great ball runner, which is definitely something that you've seen in some of those earlier games with helping getting those big boys over the ad line because they've certainly got some monsters. And uh, going forward, I thought that would have been the path they would have went with Travi Waddell, but uh, yeah, obviously not. Well, look, I was I was pretty silent on this, but over probably the last month or so, I've spoken to some people um, who I'd like to think know football at a higher level than me, and and they've said to me, "Who's the kid?" Um, starting for, for Canberra. You know, the blonde-headed kid starting for Canberra. They, A lot of good judges, um, you know, rate him as a footballer. So Canberra would do really well just to tie him up. And, he um, is tied up. Yeah, well, He's been signed. but Give him uh, some more time yeah. because if he's not happy, um, you'll soon find a way to get out of a contract because they mean nothing. That's fair enough. All righty then. Well, that's all you got for this week. We'll jump into our tips then. All right, I'll give you an update. Um, you're ahead... 60, 64. Um, I'm on 58 and Louis on 57. So I'm, I'm crawling my way back. Uh, we'll see about it after this round, boys. We'll see. Um, all right, we kick off tomorrow night. Uh, the Parramatta Eels, they take on the Sydney Roosters. Uh, fairly easy one for me, especially after Jared Haynes' comments and just how the Eels are going in general. I think the, the Roosters will win and, and probably win well. Yeah, Roosters, I don't need to say anything else. Yeah, pretty easy one, boys. Here, yeah, the uh, Roosters by plenty. Yeah. All right. Uh, so standalone Friday, uh, the first game on Saturday is the Newcastle Knights and the Dragons up at Newcastle. Uh, both sides very hot and cold. I know the Saints struggling again. They they sort of strung some good form together and 
Uh, now they're struggling again. The Knights, they you know, rarely lose at home. Their away form's terrible, but uh, they're at home for this one, and I'll stick with the Knights. Yeah, I'll go the Knights. Uh, see how it's been dropped. Chase Stanley's playing in the halves. I don't really know how Drinkwater hasn't come up. I'm not saying he's going to solve all their problems, but why sign a young kid on a two-year deal if uh, you're not going to use him? So I'll go Newcastle, especially because they're home. Yeah, their record at home this year speaks for itself. The Knights should should get this one easy, boys. But another opinion, mate. What, Sauer, do you reckon you'll play first grade again this year? Uh, well, I think he should play first grade. I, I don't think he's playing well, put it that way. Um, but in terms of is he in their top 13 players? He, he's definitely in their top 13 players. I, there must be more going on behind the scenes that we don't know about there. Um, you know, whether he's fallen out with coaches, coaching staff, players. Um, and I can see, if that is the case, I can see where the Dragons are coming from, obviously, because he's leaving next year. Uh, let's just punt him and, and, and start fresh and, and not upset the apple cart with the players that are going to be there next year. So um, that's sort of how I'm reading it. Oh, if it's me, I don't put him back in. Simple. I get uh, drink water up. I try Chase Stanley if he's anything like Kyle as a six. Uh, young Quinlan, Todd Ryan, they got a couple of young blokes they had backed up that played in that 20s side last year. I'd be more looking to see who's going to be the depth once uh, they move Fien and out on. They need to start looking soon. Yeah, Because they're going to be throwing together Widop with somebody next year, whether mm-hmm. that be Drinkwater, whether that be Rangy Chase if they get him, but they need to start working on uh, finding some backup or some depth at least. Yeah, that's right. He's, he's not part of their future, so exactly. Look out for well, I mean, Wayne Bennett. Uh, you know, he's famous for uh, you know when Justin Hodges signed with the Roosters. I think he punted Hodges into reserve grade for the last six weeks of the season. Um, that that's was, right. You know, that was ten years ago, but uh, it, sh- it has happened previously. Uh, the other game on Saturday night uh, is the Cowboys versus the Dogs up at North Queensland. Um, Cowboys, you know, hard uh, form to read. Uh, they they got smashed by the Titans. The Doggies, I still think they're scratching, but I think they'll win this one. Uh, not sure if Thurston's going to play, obviously. I, I don't think he's had his wife's had the baby yet. so um, and, and he was scratchy at best last night. So I'll tip the Dogs. I'll tip the Dogs. Uh, scratchy or not, they've been getting the job done. That's all that matters. They're accumulating points at the right time. Josh Reynolds had, didn't play a minute, so he'll be ready to go. I mean, sorry, not Josh Morris, Josh Reynolds. Josh Morris will be right to go. He didn't get barely any balls, so they're not going to be really affected by their origin players. I think the, the Cowboys look tired. Thurston definitely needs a week off, that's for sure. Yeah, it could be Neil Henry's last hurrah, fellas. So, look, I think the Cowboys will put in for him, but I don't think it's going to be enough. They've got too many players backing up. The dogs should roll them. I, can you believe that, that they're going to sack him? Yeah, I can. I mean, um, really? he's been there for a couple of years now and really hasn't done anything great. He's got a fantastic roster. Um I mean, what else can you do? If you're, if you're a board member of the Cowboys, you've got the roster you got, uh, and you're not performing, you're out of the eight, what else can you do? Mm. I just think, for me, it's the wrong time to do it. Um, if I was going to yeah. do it, I'd do it at the end of the year. Uh, I think it's a... If they sack him now, it's a, it's just a chance for the Cowboys just to have the rest of the year off. Yeah, the crowds are down, their merchandise is down, everything's down, they've got to do something. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, first Sunday game, uh, it's... Triple header on Sunday. The Warriors over in New Zealand, they take on the Manly Seagulls. The Warriors obviously very impressive on Monday night. Uh, they seem to be, you know, sort of finding some form and, and then they let you down. So uh, I'm going to stick with what I know and, you know, Manly are a tough side. They're going to put in over there and uh, I'm going I'm to stick with Manly. I'll stick with Manly. Watmow's the only one who played in Origin. Uh, same deal again. They've, they've got some 
players like Cherry Evans, <laughs> foreign guys like that that uh, not not have really affected White to four. There's a couple of guys that'll be stinging from not being uh, considered in the end. So I think they'll go over there and do a job. But the Warriors looked a lot better, even though uh, Brisbane were sure a few players. Yeah. Yeah, well, it could be the Warriors, the first time they've won three in a row since, uh, God, I can't remember when, probably 2011 when they were in the grand final. But, um, they're, they're, uh, home, haven't, been good, haven't been bad at home, so uh, I think I'll, I'll stay with Mealy, though. Yeah, soft. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the Warriors will piss it in, but, you know. <laughs> You've talked them up and then tip Mealy. All righty. going Warriors. Hey, he? What that bloke is a sign on oh, the oh, Let's go, we, the we, we had to rewind that and make sure that I'd seen it right. I thought I was, uh, <laughs> you know, losing yeah, my eyesight. The at the origin uh, last night with a big sign saying, let's go and lose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Just to take the piss. Yeah, good. good. Good on him. He was having a good time. Yeah, any chance <laughs> to lay one on the chin, as Paul Gallen would say, lay one on the chin. Uh, yeah. Penrith take on the Tigers down here at Penrith. Uh, Tigers without Farah. It's like, um, you know, it's losing their best player. Uh, Penrith will win easy. Yeah, well, no Tedesco, no Fulton, no Thompson. Benji's been terrible. Farah's not going to play. They're still short all around. So uh, Penrith, the form they've been in for sure. Yeah, the Tigers are going for them. Is there a bit of a bogey side for Penrith? Penrith haven't beaten them for quite a few years now, but, um, yeah, well, too many troops now. Penrith will get it. Uh, the last game, Sunday Night Footy returns, which is awesome. Um, the Melbourne Storm, they take on the Cronulla Sharks in Melbourne. The Sharks are a bit of a bogey team for the Storm, uh, but I'm, I'm still keen to stick with the Storm, especially on the back of the origin result. I think the big three will be... Uh, stinging from that, and I want to get out onto the park as soon as possible. Well, I can honestly say I've had a bet on the Sharks, and I want to tip the Sharks, but I'm not going to because it's Cameron Smith's 250th game, and I'd like to think, uh, regardless how tired the big three and Hoffman are, that all the other blokes will step their game up and get him home in the Superman jerseys they're wearing. So uh, congrats to him, 250, go to the Storm. Yeah, Storm, yeah. I think the Storm will get him. Uh, Gallon's not playing. Um, Luke Lewis is backing up, and yeah, I think the Storm will get him quite a bit. probably win without did Gallon. You, did you have a power nap then? <laughs> I did, actually. Did <laughs> <laughs> you a partial, partial I aneurysm? Thinking, uh, no, I was thinking, boys, I've changed my mind and put me down to the Warriors. Oh, he's going it. Good. He, he always has oh. to have one different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gossip's gone the other way. Yeah. All right, we're uh, my brain. <laughs> we're uh, wrapping the round up Monday night. The Raiders versus the Broncos down in Canberra. Uh, the bounce back factor, I think, is one to consider here. Um, the Broncos, they were spanked last Monday without all their players. Uh, Griffin is now under a little bit of pressure. They'll get their origin players back who will be stinging again, similar to Melbourne, but... I'm going to take the Raiders. I think the Raiders, uh, they're a bit of a bogey team for the Bronx, um, especially in Canberra. Um, so I'll go the Raiders. I love the lime green, so I've got a soft spot. I have to go on. Brisbane were awful last week. Uh, I think Parker, Gillette didn't play so many minutes last night, but Thido, Hodges, the, you know, they, they got a decent run around. Uh, they've been <laughs> terrible. They've looked absolutely awful the uh, last couple of weeks, so I'll have to go to the Raiders. They've been average and still almost beaten a couple of good sides after a few big wins, so I'm expecting something on Monday night. But I've had a I've had a bet with 12.5 on the Broncos at $1.60. I, I will divulge that. <laughs> Mate, I'm going to go to the green machine. But another question for you, boys. If the Broncos do lose, which I think they will, who do you think should go first, 
Henry or Griffin? Well, as you said before, Henry's probably had more time. Yeah. Henry's um, had more time. But, but Brisbane's got the profile, don't they? That's it. Um, and the time I think he's in all sorts because uh, that decision on Monday night to play McCulloch at back row was uh, just a rookie error, rookie mistake. Yeah. I don't know what ran through his brain. Yeah, I look at it and think kind of similar. Brisbane... It's kind of got that heavy profile. North Queensland, he's been there for a while, but at the same time, uh, who are they going to pull out of the bag to replace? Steve Kearney. Is my question for both sides. Uh, <laughs> oh, Christ. <laughs> he's been on the field. Maybe, maybe there's a, a, you know, a link between the poor form and him calling the plays and behind the line. They need to get Alfie back yeah. out there calling Any, the plays. Anyone that watched the game the other night, if you go back and watch all the plays um, that Kearney called, nearly all of them led to an error. So <laughs> I reckon they should just... Say, Steve, just come sit over here, please. <laughs> oh, poor fella. Uh, yeah, I think I think you're right on Henry, just because of time that he might get the flick first. But I'd, I'd be seriously questioning Anthony Griffin and what, he, what he's thinking. Yeah, it was interesting to see uh, where we go. Who would have thought, though, round one, that we'd be talking after Origin 1, which, which Queensland coach is going to go first? Well, at the start of the year, we'll talk about the Titans were like $6 or something to be the, the you know... The highest tabling yeah. Queensland side at the end of the year, and right now Johnny, Johnny Cartwright's punching the air with his sweaty armpits and his button-up shirt, and the, the other two are sweating bullets because they're going to be lucky to have a job eating sayos and biscuits next week. <laughs> they're only going to get better to the times. Mm, that's I hope, it. I hope you're right. Albert oh, Kelly, Aiden Caesar, Jamal Idris. We've got the buy this week, so that's another two points. <laughs> Garner Titans. Uh, you know, going along nicely. I enjoy watching the Titans play. Uh, I don't, but anyway. Right, <laughs> well, stress out. There's only one different tip there, so once again, it's uh, it's one opportunity for you to either skip ahead further or an opportunity for us to claw back. And my God, I'm about to just start going just eight opposite. I've said it a few <laughs> weeks. I've gone a couple opposite, and I'm slowly going backwards, but it's getting to the point where this eight, this you know this six point buffer. I'm about to just start going. I'm not. Opposite. I'm not worried about the six point buffer. I reckon he's feeling the pressure. I'll be honest. He's, he's ready to crack. Now, Hebrew, get away, is he? Oh, Hebrew, <laughs> cross the Dutch <laughs> against Manly. Uh, I, I, I'm about, I'm about ready to press the self-destruct button and just start dropping bombs and start tipping opposites. Do it. <laughs> Alrighty, mate. Well, uh, thanks for the inside word, and see how our tips go for the weekend. We'll catch you next week. All right, thanks, Fannies. Right, no worries, mate. Have a good one. Right, mate. A big thanks, as always, goes to Mister Gossip. If you want to catch up with him on Facebook, head up to the search bar and type in NRL Gossip. He's also on our page with links, and we're linked onto his page. And you can catch him on Twitter, at NRL Gossip. But now we move into the wrap-up. Having trouble keeping track of all the play movements and signings in the NRL? Want to know who your team has re-signed, who they gained, and who they've lost for the next season? Well, check out www.zerotackle.com for all the latest news and rumours on the NRL. Zerotackle.com. Well, that finishes up our post-Origin podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, hopefully you got something out of the tips as well with Mr. Gossip and the betting value from Cenobit. Big thanks to them again for coming on board and especially for the charity bets. Hopefully plenty of money are going to be, at the end of the year, built up and a nice check to give away. Uh, also, keep your eyes out for the questions we've got going up on the page there. We're going to be giving away those two free $100 bets a week from Cenobit. So big thank you to them again. But as always, if you want to get in contact with us here at the fifth and last on Twitter, it's at fifth and last. That's the letter N, not the word end. Uh, if you want to send us an email, it's fifth and last podcast at hotmail 
www.fifthandlast.com and on Facebook, head up to the search bar, type in fifth and last, we'll pop up in there and we're also all over NRL Gossip's page. So once again, that's a big wrap up, a big thank you. Hit us on Podomatic and iTunes, share this with your friends, like the show and enjoy your rugby league guys. Bye bye. Give us more, give us more. Where are you going? Where, what, 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 what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.